everyone, welcome to Rare Maven, a series where we inspire and empower millennial black women by sharing the journey of those who are thriving in entrepreneurship while being transparent enough to acknowledge their own triumphs and tribulations. I'm your host, Karima Muhammad, and I created this series not only to chat about business and entrepreneurship, but also to share tips and talk about how we can have an impact on the communities around us. This is why I consider our guest today to be a Rare Maven. Carrie Anderson is the co-founder of Mac Sciences, a platform dedicated to providing insights through educational content on what it's like to work in STEM. Each of the four founders of Mac Sciences represent one area of STEM, with Carrie representing technology. In this episode, we hear all about how Mac Sciences seek to empower the current and next generation of Black women in STEM, and how Carrie's personal journey working in tech has allowed her to live on her own terms and impact her community. Let's welcome Carrie Anderson. So welcome, Carrie. How are you today? I'm doing well. Um, thanks for having me. How are you? You're welcome. You're welcome. Doing well. I'm just excited to hear all about Mac Sciences and all that you know you're up to um, and all that you do to support Black women in STEM and really the one of the hot topics right now is like tech and us aligning even business with tech so Mm -hmm. i'm excited about how you came and formed this organization and what you're up to at this point for supporting black women who are interested in it so yes let's get into it um to start us off like where are you from and who was the first person to inspire you in entrepreneurship um, so I'm originally from um, from Bowie, Maryland, which is in uh, Prince George's County, Maryland, which is uh, it's, it's, it pretty much borders Washington, D.C. As far as Mac Sciences, um, so I'm one of the co-founders. So, um, you know, there's four of us total that uh, represent the, the four branches of STEM, science, technology, engineering, and, uh, and mathematics. Um, but the idea came about um, when Devin and I uh, were at the movie seeing Hidden Figures. And we were just kind of like really intrigued by the story. Um, and then Devin had an idea that she wanted to run by me. Um, so we were like sitting in, I think after the movie, we were just sitting there in the theater for a while, just talking it, talking it out. And, you know, she had some ideas. Um, we kind of just bounced things off of each other. And um, we were like, all right, well, let's, you know, let's see who we can find because Devin will be the science. Um, I will represent the technology. And so we were looking for someone to represent the engineering and someone to represent the mathematics. And so one of um, Devin and I, you know, went to high school together. So we, we at that point, I think we had we had been friends probably for like seven or eight years. Um, so we went to our other best friend, Courtney's house, um, who lived in the area as well. And, you know, sat in the car with Courtney, talked to her about it. Um, and so she became, you know, the, the representation for math. Um, so she was doing like uh, a lot of analytics um, and statistics work at the time. And then we needed someone for engineering. And uh, Devin had a friend that she went to Pitt with for undergrad um, who was a software engineer uh, major. So um, nice, Shoyo, nice. that's how she became an engineer. All right. And so who was that first person? Was it this time where you wanted to get into entrepreneurship or thought about starting your own organization or was there someone else that inspired you early on to like want to do your own thing? 
Mm. I was kind of always, like, considered or at least thought about entrepreneurship. Um, I think Max Science just kind of threw me into it sooner than I expected. Um, but I've, I've always had, you know, influences around me um, because of where I'm from. And, well, because of the area that, you know, myself, Devin and Courtney are from, um, pretty much everyone around us were either an entrepreneur or an executive in the government or, you know, someone pretty high profile in whatever space they were working in. Um, and even if, you know, their main job may have been working within an agency, a three-letter agency or something, um, most people in our area also had their own business on the side or were always doing something um, to, you know, give back to the community um, mm. or to just try and put money into the community. Uh, I don't mm. know if you know, but where we're from is actually um, has been one of the richest black counties in the country. Oh, Pretty yeah, I know that. Yeah. More wow. of our, yeah, most of our <laughs> lives and, and the most affluent black county, I think, till this day. So, yeah. you know, Beautiful. for us, we, we've just seen, you know, black people who are essentially, um, you know, making progress, investing in their own futures, their children's future. Um, for myself, my mom was a, is a pretty big influence because um, I, I know I mentioned like uh, government. So since mm-hmm. we live right outside D.C., um, you know, a lot of uh, residents in the area work for the government. And my parents, both my parents are in that in that group. Um, but my mom also has her own businesses on the side as well, um, mm-hmm. which, you know, she was able to do because of her experience working in the government. Um, she's, you know, worked at the highest level for a civilian at a three-letter agency. Um, and then she went on to become a uh, the CIO for TSA uh, after that. So, you know, she's been in these positions as an executive, and then she kind of started her own consulting agency, um, with it, still within the same field. She's been working in cybersecurity pretty much all my mm-hmm. life, as far mm-hmm. as I know. Um, and, okay. you know, you know, she's she's done it. That's someone I grew up with in my house. Um, so I kind of had that example right there with me, which, you know, many people from our area do have. Beautiful. I love that. I love that you tied in the fact that you're surrounded by that. It's like you're in a community, and it's almost like an extension of those who live around you. It's not really mm-hmm. like – it's more like a culture, it sounds like. And I definitely am aware, and I keep hearing about how many um, Black entrepreneurs are in that whole area, even like the whole DMV area, like how mm-hmm. major it is there, which I'm actually in, like, I'm very, um, <laughs> I'm attracted to that area for one, mm-hmm. and it's really yeah. it's because of that, that stands out to me, so to see that, with to hear that, you know, you've been raised around that your entire life, that's very empowering, because a lot mm-hmm. of, a lot of us, you know, in the black community, um, lack that, you know, Right, it's yeah, it's, it's so rare. Good it's to definitely just have that rare. representation so young because it just sticks yeah. with you, you know, whether you know it or not, you know. So mm-hmm. that's beautiful, yep. and that your mom was right in the house too. So that, yep. was, like you said, that main like example for you. So that's mm-hmm. even more, you know, impactful. Um. So yeah, that was really cool. Result, result. All right, awesome, awesome. So I have a trivia question for you. Okay. I like to know: Would you rather have a book that you all write together with your top tips on being successful in the STEM field that you can give to say, like teen um black girls in the inner city, or would you rather 
curate your own like STEM like festival where we could have like you know like because we always sometimes go STEM as like oh it's always like either technical or just you mm-hmm. know you don't understand how you can merge it into your lifestyle how tech surrounds us so something mm-hmm. like an interactive like festival where people can really get more into like what STEM is and how it can connect to their lifestyles so mm-hmm. festival or book <laughs> Um, well, I, while I think the book will be very useful and we've actually kind of done something, uh, like one of, we've done a blog post, um, or at least like a little booklet once before in a newsletter with like our top 10, um, you know, tips within STEM. But I think that the festival, like having a festival the way you described it, um, could be more impactful, uh, because it would allow the reach, I think, to go a lot farther, mm. um, you know, people, you know, people come from all over for festivals already, right? Whether it's a concert, like we have Curl Fest in New York when crazy amounts oh, of yes, people I love came Curl and Fest. like, you know, like <laughs> festivals surrounded around hair, around, you know, different things within Black culture that, that influence um, the Black community, that impact the Black community. Um, and like for us, especially, you know, really wanting to focus on women of color um, and us all being Black women. I think that a festival could have a larger impact. And I think you have a lot, there's a lot more flexibility with what you can do with that. And then the reach would, would, would be like much, much wider, I think, um, versus if we had, we were, do, were to do a book. I would love to do both. All right. I, um, so you did speak, I know you, you touched on like how uh, Math Scientist got started, which is what I call the Eureka moment. Um, I just like you to let us know, like, what actually is Math Sciences? Mm. Um, so, Math Sciences is, is essentially a blog and a brand um, where we utilize our online platform, um, so our website, to blog about, you know, our own experiences working within STEM um, and, you know, some of the effects and impact both in our um, professional and personal life. Um, We'll also talk about, like, personal things or, or hobbies and um, different things that we're interested in as well, different projects we may be working on. Um, but we really make use of our blog to share our stories. Um, you know, you were talking about, you know, we need to – people need to hear about it more, right? Like, it's it, it comes back to representation, and I think, um, you know, not only just, just visually seeing someone in the space that you may want to be in, um, where there may not be been, be many of us, but also hearing about the stories and how they may have overcome adversity or how they may have, you know, leveled up um, to get to to get to a, a certain achievement that they may have been after. And um, we we do a lot of that through our online platform, through our blog, um, and then we also utilize Instagram and Facebook as well um, to share about our our different blog posts and. Um, sometimes we'll do like a quote of the day to, to share encouragement with people, you know, on social media, you never know what people are going through. Um, but, you know, essentially like our primary thing is our blog, which is um, where, you know, you can find out a lot about us. We've written a, a, a lot about our own personal stories, our own journeys in the different fields that we're in. Um, and as well as, you know, our backgrounds, our education, what we majored in, why we chose our majors that we chose, because, you know, there may be an audience, um, part of our audience is high schoolers, and they may be mm-hmm. trying to figure out what path they should take, 
you know, what should I major in? Most people come to college not knowing what they want to want to major in, or if they do, they end up changing a bunch of times because they're unsure. Yeah. Um, and so that's something that we've also hit on as well is, you know, our high school experience, our college experience, and our professional experience so far. Beautiful. Nice. All right. Awesome. Awesome. Yes. That's the core. I would say that is like the core audience that needs it because, again, it's like the future and it's and it's now, you know, mm-hmm. especially yeah. the state that we're in right now. <laughs> it's like yeah. now you're going to have to – some of these students even are unsure about the major, mm-hmm. like you said. I know. I was one of them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like right now is like the reality that STEM is definitely a great option and mm-hmm. I'm about to go. Regardless yeah. if you either want to work for someone or if you actually want to maybe start your own business and incorporate it, like, it's it's the way to go. So this is mm-hmm. dope that you are doing that. Awesome, awesome. And so what do you feel like are some of the challenges when, um, like, starting this brand, like, and building it? Um, I think, like, for, for me in my mind, the biggest thing, like, you know, getting it up and running was, essentially was pretty easy pretty simple right you just needed a website um and then we officially became a business when we when we got our llc like those things the setup part i felt like were pretty easy we just needed to do research to find out what needed to be done um to make everything official but i think the one of the bigger challenges is um reach so I know I, I talked about this a little bit when you asked me that you gave me the two scenarios between the festival and the book, um, you know, with social media um, today and right now, especially during, during COVID, right. Um, people are tuned in and I think right now is a great opportunity to take advantage of, of that. Um, but mm-hmm. just in general, I think, you know, figuring out different ways to expand our reach, right. Expand our mm-hmm. audience. Um, to, to get more people to tune in, right? Like, there's a lot of different stimuli out there, yeah. right? Dance videos, music videos, funny video, like, whatever it may be. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I think one of the biggest challenges or, or really one of the biggest things we're going to continue to focus on is um, expanding our reach, right? So through the use of Instagram, through the use of, of Facebook, um, you know, trying to get, trying to share our stories, trying to get more um, people to tune in, trying to to reach, you know, our our target group essentially, which are those that are interested in the field of STEM, right? Um, mm-hmm. Both at the high school and college level, and mm-hmm. so, you know, it's it's going to take some time. Everything takes time, right? Nothing yeah. happens overnight, and those things that happen overnight are kind of once in a blue moon. It's a challenge, but it's also like a focus of our yeah, and it's a part time. of the process too, like right, right, it's, yeah. yeah. It's like that's it's like everyone has to do it. That's one thing right. that even I'm I've been going through because I'm just still starting, you know, building with this brand. And I've learned that the key word I keep hearing people talk about is just being consistent. Mm-hmm. Just consistent, and then targeted. Your messaging is just targeted, and I know for sure that your message with Math Sciences, the things that you are doing, are very targeted. And um, it's just about being consistent. And I see you all very consistent as well. So I'm learning that too because I see the difference when, say, I post 
and maybe I don't really engage as much versus I post, I engage, and I'm literally doing it on a daily basis, you know? Mm, like, I yeah. see the difference. All right. Well, I want to know what are your three tips? So one in life, one in business, and I would say one in, like, working in in STEM. Mm, okay. Um, I think one in – Hmm, let me think. I got the one for working in STEM. Um, so okay, the one for working one. in yeah. So for working in STEM, I think one of the biggest things I've learned um, in the space that I'm in. So being in tech and being a consultant in particular, it's a it's a bit different from most quote unquote nine to five jobs, right? I'm on a with in, in tech consulting, at least the way my company and and a few other um, of our competitors do it. We are it's like we it's almost kind of like you're you kind of so every project right we have different clients, and every client is going to be a different project, and you may have multiple projects on the same client, um so you may be on different teams on the same client over periods of time, um but you can be on a project for six months, you can be on a project for a year, it really depends on how things go and a big part of how to navigate that, right? Because you can get assigned to a project and maybe you're not interested in it and you want to, you found something else you're interested in. One of the biggest things that I learned in that process and in being on projects, um, you know, for the last two and a half years, I've been on a few different projects, um, is learning to, to advocate for yourself. Um, mm. And not even just in the project space, even with career advancement within the company, advocating for yourself, speaking up, making noise about the things that you're doing. Um, and, you know, there may be a project or there may be something that you're working on that, you know, may not really interest you. Um, one of the best things you can do is be vocal, right? So at my mm -hmm. company, most consultant firms, I don't think do this, but at my company, we have what's called career advisors. So as soon as you come in and start, you are assigned someone who is like a manager or up, um, so someone who has experience and who's been working, you know, in, in, in the same um, specialty as you. So for me, I'm, I'm working in security specialty. And, you know, they're there to help guide you. Like, they're essentially an assigned mentor. Um, and you okay. can have mentors outside of that that you appoint to work with. I do. I have mentors outside of, you know, my career advisor. Um, but it, it's very, it's been very beneficial that when I've gotten into situations or if if I may have been assigned to something that I may not have been interested in, I vocalize that to my CA right away, to my career advisor right away. And, you know, he's able to run it up the chain of command to potentially, you know, get me on something else or work something out or maybe shift what I'm working on, right, work with my projects and, and whatnot. So localizing has been, and speaking up for myself, advocating for myself has been a, a big key thing working in STEM. Would you say that's the same as far as, like a life tip or what like the it's, uh it's definitely a life I think it I think it applies to all three categories you gave to to you know life, business and, and STEM. Mm -hmm. Um but I I think I wanna like give different ones for each. <laughs> but I okay, think that, okay. that one is a I think that one though is especially true to STEM because that spans all four spaces. Um and yeah, I, I can't think to of that. Was, but... I've literally just had an experience like that where um, I wasn't too privy on what 
was going on. So I had to say, this is really where I want to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Focused on, and then the person let me know that that's actually what they kind of like had in mind and like noticed about me. So they were excited that I like you know right. like made it clear on what you know area that I wanted to focus in because <laughs> I was just like I didn't find out for this like was. <laughs> Yeah, and that's the other thing, right? Um, I will commit to this time period to do X, Y, Z, but this is not what I'm gonna do, like Mm -hmm. moving forward. You know, for the for for this growing like relationship. So Mm -hmm. if I didn't, you know, say that, and that took a lot because usually I think I do sometimes think people could remind, but you almost get a feeling when you just don't, you know, feel like it's right for you. So it's just Mm -hmm. best to trust it, and I think that's what some people have a hard time with is like you would be trusting and having like that faith that you'll be fine um and knowing that you are like an asset you know versus yeah. thinking that you know someone just brought you in just because they needed your extra help like no like they brought you in for a purpose you know mm-hmm. so it, right. that's what I think it it boils down to as well yeah, and, and you want to know what's going on yeah all right <laughs> like you said you weren't too privy and, like, it feels like being an outsider, but you don't want to be an outsider on your own, you know, your own path, right? You, yeah. know, you want to know what's going on. And I think it, working in STEM, because each branch of STEM can go in so many different directions, right? There's different, there are different avenues for all four. Um, so, and that's why I think that, that the self-advocacy is so big, because I could end up in research when that's not what I want to do, right? Yeah. I end up with all this research experience but that's never been what I wanted to do. But if I don't say anything to anyone, right, like, you know, they can only go based off of, like, for example, with resumes, right, people will look at your resume, your previous experience, and make draw conclusions based on that. But your resume may not speak to what you actually want to do. Your resume may be what you were just able to get, right? Um, mm-hmm. And that's one of those, that's another uh, example of a scenario where, you know, I have this background in this, but I would really like to change short trajectory to this. And the way that I think that even though, you know, I may have an all research background on my resume and I want to, I want to come into more of the practical side and application side um, within the industry, I think I can take, you know, you can, you can bridge the two, right? Like there's always something that you can take from one thing and apply it to another. There's some, there are skills that are transfer, transferable no matter what. And yeah. what do you think about your life tip? What would you say is like a life tip um, you have? I'm trying to think. Uh, life tip. Um, I think I would say don't don't be afraid to, I guess, take a risk. Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably the the best way to say it. Like I think sometimes, uh, as human beings, we get boxed into to what how we think things are supposed to be, and whether mm. it's you know, starting, whether it's starting a business, whether it's where you, you know, where you decide to start working, whether it's, you know, where you decide to live, it's like sometimes life, sometimes things aren't going to go exactly as we think that they're supposed to. And what we think is supposed to happen may not actually be what's supposed to happen, right? Yeah. People want this pretty, this pretty path, this ideal path, and that's not always the case. Like, for me, I thought that after school, I was going to go back to to the D.C. area and go work for the same three-letter agencies my parents had worked for because I had that, I already had that direct 
connection. And several mm-hmm. of my parents' colleagues knew who I was because they saw me growing up and they knew what field I was in. Um, and even some of them, some of my parents' colleagues went to, went to my alma mater, went to Drexel University as well. So they were already, they already had an affinity, right? They were ready to, you know, welcome me as soon as I applied. But that ended up not happening. And, you know, while it was different than what I thought, and, well, let me backtrack a little bit. I thought I was going to go home to work for the government after I went overseas to play professional basketball. <laughs> let me clarify. And okay. That didn't actually, like, so, like, I had two plans, right? And they di- it didn't go as I expected. I was a student athlete in college. Um, I always wanted to play professionally. My, my primary goal growing up was to play in the WNBA. And, you know, I could have still pursued that after school, but there was a point in time where I had to really list, look at, listen to my body. Um, and when I got done playing college ball, like, there was just so much wear and tear. I just knew that it wasn't – if I were to continue playing and try and go professional, whether it's in the WNBA or overseas, most women go overseas, um, for those that don't know. But it, hmm. it was one okay. of the things where I had to listen to myself um, and be like, okay, maybe this isn't, you know, what's meant to be. And I had to come to terms with that. And then mm. I thought I was going to go home and go back and work for the government. I like, I went to school initially for electrical engineering because that's what my parents did. And I knew I wanted to work in the fields they worked in. So I was trying to follow the same path. Go to school for engineering, get my degree, go overseas, play pro, come back, start, start my job in the workforce. Um, but I ended up getting my degree in IT at the end of the day because when I jumped into electrical engineering, I wanted to work more with computers, and that's not what that was. Um, yeah. But it was fine because at the end of the day, though, um, I still play basketball on the side here in New York. I'm also mm-hmm. actually a coach. I work with um, – I live in Best Guy, Brooklyn, so I work with local um, – Oh, nice. I, was I work for two uh, – <laughs> yeah, yeah. I work for two um, – two, uh, I'm sorry. I work for two, two different organizations that run basketball clinics and training camps for kids with right. like for kids in in in, the, in that community which is something you don't see a lot of um mm-hmm. and so like I'm still connected to basketball I'm still involved with basketball I get invited to play in tournaments and stuff I get invited to play in different games and things so I still get to play basketball even though you know it may not be professional overseas and, and honestly when I look back on it I'm like I'm glad that I you know took the risk of not pursuing because it was a risk not to pursue something that had been my dream for so long but it was yeah. also a risk. It would have been a risk to pursue it, a risk on my body and my health, which, yeah. you know, Some much greater risk. But, <laughs> right. Um, but I'm, I still found a way to, to still be involved with basketball. And, it, and that gives me so much more fulfillment than I think playing would have, to be honest, because I'm go- planting seeds in, in, in the next generation, right? I'm showing yeah. people that, that, you know, someone that looks like us, Someone, despite where you come from, granted, I might not be from the hood, but that that really doesn't matter. Like I'm a black person who mm-hmm. beats the odds, right mm-hmm. in America, and mm-hmm. for young black and black and um, black boys and girls, young boys and girls who may be of color, to see that like I'm the only woman that works for both organizations. Like that's wow. that's a coach. So there are other women that do other things, but I'm the only female coach. Um, mm-hmm. for both organizations, which is a big deal. They're trying mm-hmm. to get more girls to come in because they want, you know, girls stop playing basketball on average now at the age of 14, which mm. is crazy because to me, I've been playing sports my entire life, and I play mm-hmm. like four or five different sports, but that's just mm-hmm. where I'm from. 
right? Mm-hmm. But in other areas, it's not like that. And so, you know, I'm having an impact because I'm I'm helping the community in which I live now, uh, you know, reach uh, an audience that has kind of um, fallen, I guess, in the sense, yeah. in, in the space of basketball in particular. Like, mm-hmm. girls aren't playing sports because there aren't spaces for girls to play sports, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. It, they're decreasing. There's not as many. And so I've been able to find some milk fulfillment through trying to build that space back up for young girls in particular, right? Yeah. Um, circle circles and it's helping teaching. them be fulfilled as right. well. So Exa- it's right, exactly. A constant yeah. cycle. And honestly, like, that's where you, where you come from as well. And that's why you wanted to go, like, you know, part the route of your parents because they built that right. for you to give back and feed into you. Right. But to exactly. be honest, we all take a piece of what we're doing, but we all have a, a greater purpose. And that's like uh-huh. you say, you took that risk, which is good because some people don't, you know, right. some people will sit in it and they won't like, you know, expand and, and really grow into who they really are to be, which uh-huh. is really daunting. Um, but people really go through that. And that's, that's what separates yeah. like people who really feel, I guess, are fulfilled versus just, like you're existing almost, you know. So mm-hmm. yeah. and you're like in the best mm-hmm. spot. I love best spot. I love that. I love that. And that's like even a key in it. So even from taking a risk, like like that's a part of like being having like that faith. Like, you know, that you'll land on your feet, you know, that's what's mm-hmm. for you is for you. So definitely like that's like inspiring. Well I heard more. I was good. That was good to know. I was so good information <laughs> to hear about your background because that like you know, opens it up even for even for everyone to listen and hear and know that, you know, it's like, it's like you said, what you envision, the stuff you might think, how your life is going to plan out, and mm-hmm. you feel like you're almost missing out or think that you, you lost something when really you're gaining something and something mm-hmm. you don't even expect, and that's just the whole, I guess, like, the whole, like, power of just, like, living and being. Um, it's that, you know, just letting things come to you, like embracing things. And and that's what life is about. If we knew every single little thing that was going to happen, it, I guess it would just make life a little dull. <laughs> it's like, oh, no, there's none of that. You really wouldn't have that spark, you know, in your life. Yeah. So to hear that, you, you know, you're welcoming that, to embrace that, that's, like, really amazing for sure. Mm-hmm. So awesome, yeah. awesome. So I'd like to know, um, what is your inspiration in life? Oof. Um, I I think, I don't know, um, you know, outside of my family, right, um, I think, you know, family is often the drive for people. Mm-hmm. Um, but having the, the influence, right, from um, my parents and, and other family members, to pursue my dreams um, and to, to go after what I what I want to do, right, to be able to step out and take those risks and having their support. I would say other than that, it would, it would probably be um, seeing other successful Black people, you know, pursuing their dreams, achieving their dreams, achieving things that they didn't even know were possible, right? So, you know, especially right now um, in today's climate, uh, especially this year, 2020 in particular, it's always empowering to me when I see, whether it's through social media, on the news, on TV, whatever it may be, um, 
I'm always intrigued. I'm always feeling empowered and inspired when I see, you know, other people that look like me, um, mm-hmm, especially mm-hmm. black people who, who, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to say necessarily have become famous, but like people who, who are gaining notoriety for doing something positive within the community. Yeah. Also, because um, they just love, you know, like, and right. That's what is, I feel like is happening right now. People, like we were, you were saying with the going back to the taking the risk, like people are literally going for what they love and want to mm-hmm. do. And yeah. you don't realize, like, that's why you're, all these like, doors are opening for you because you're literally yeah. releasing. You're, you're allowing it to happen. You're being open to it. So it's like you're going to receive all you need. You know, you're going to receive yeah. more than you expected because you're you're taking that risk. You're leaping into that. It's really like faith. It's like you're taking like a whole faith walk, and yeah. then everything's going to start flooding. And I think that's what's happening right now. You know, yeah. I feel like, you know, and, I, and I'm going back to, too, what you were saying about you going back to work, work for three letter agencies, you know, that, because, like, working with your parents or doing what your parents want to do. Like, I, that's historically, I feel like, what we've done a lot as a community mm-hmm. is we'll go, we'll get a degree, or we'll, you know, get a job, like, just to pay our bills, you know, just kind of yeah. go with, like, just the yeah. standard lifestyle. You know, we're just fine. We still yeah. always make fun with things and enjoy another, but I feel like in this, in this era, people are literally doing what they want to do. Like, it's not, right. yeah. if you, it's whether different. or not you like the status quo, that's fine, you know, if that's what you want, but I feel like it's just been, again, like, magnified. Like, people are literally just doing what they want to do, mm-hmm. and it's so much out there now to do, so it's just, like, this moment of, oh, wow, this person do that or that, so it's, like, almost, yeah. like, everyone's, like, celebrate it, celebrating it, when I think we were in a culture reform and it's like, that's not traditional or that's not this or this right. is not how we yeah. are. And, and trust, it is something that still is there. <laughs> but I think as far as, especially for millennials, we really don't care. Like, we are like, right. yeah, I want to do this, but yeah, we not. And then it's just almost like showing and proving almost. And, but yeah. honestly, like, we don't feel like we have anything to prove. We just literally just want, we just feel like we want to do it, you know? So, right. I feel like that is definitely what's happening right now. And I could, yeah, it is something that yeah. gets you going because it's like, all right, so let me just stay on mine. Like, let me just keep doing this because, you know, whatever is for me is for me, you know? Yeah. And, and yeah, like you said, the, like, even for me, when my parents found, like, when I told my parents that I had gotten, like, I gotten a job offer, um, like, I don't think they, like, so I don't think they really understood or were too familiar with the gravity of the conference I was going to either. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when I explained to them, like, oh, I got these interviews. And they were like, wait, what? I'm like, yeah, I'm interviewing with Google, Microsoft, Avanade, New York Life, Dell, all tomorrow. Right. I'm like, wait, what? And I was like, yeah, so I might come out of here with a job. And this was, like, within three, like, the conference was, I think, five days. And then mm. on, like, the second day. I got locked in for interviews, and then the third day I went on them, and then like within a week I was getting job offers, and oh, so wow. the like it was so crazy how it happened, and like they I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't prepared, like I wasn't prepared for what to expect, and mm-hmm. you know neither were they as far as they knew I was just going to a conference right, and mm. I think once I decided like you know what yep I'm gonna go to New York, um, I'm gonna go to New York and I'm gonna do this, 
there were even there were even times where my like you, the mentality that you explained is like no like the point is to to go to school and get a job and be able to pay bills that is definitely um that is definitely a mindset that our parents and our parents parents have had for a long time yeah. my dad in particular is mm-hmm. has always been of that mindset and mm-hmm. i think a lot of it is because of his socioeconomic background mm-hmm. um like mm-hmm. while i may be from one of the richest black counties in the country. My parents don't come from anywhere near that type of background. Mm-hmm. Um, my and dad, that's why it's so my beautiful mom, that you're now taking it and again bringing it back right, to those yeah. who also need to come up like that. You right, know, yeah, it's, and that's it's, why you're you're gonna be you're gonna be blessed because that's that's <laughs> what it's all about. Because no, like that's literally what it's all about. It's like yeah, giving, and that's what we're maven is about too. Like having yours also giving outside and bringing someone else you know up as well especially in our community because what happens is which has happened which i see also which is dope with our generation is people do get those opportunities and they leave out <laughs> we don't mm-hmm. feed back into our own you know and it suffered you know we did really right. suffer because of that of course it was advancement in a sense but it was almost like you just still have to make sure you know other people are good once you're good of course you know mm. and i think what's so great now is that that is something at the forefront you know for this generation is giving back you know is doing that because we are all like interconnected you know whether we yeah. realize it or not you know <clears throat> yeah definitely and it's yeah, it's just it's it's really it's one of those things where like we're 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 groundbreakers in a sense, right? Mm-hmm. Because like you said, we're not we're not sticking to the status quo because it may be the most comfortable or what's expected, right? Like while our parents may want us to do certain things, it's really ultimately up to us to to make the best decisions for ourselves. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Um Within all of that, that was a lot as far as, like, just life and tips and where we're moving as far as, like, millennials. Um, so I do have one um, final question for you. Um, mm-hmm. I have what I call a Rise, Shine, and Grind song. Um, mm-hmm. Mine is Diva by Beyonce. So it's a song that what I don't feel bo- <laughs> so I don't feel bothered. I feel bothered, I would say don't want to really do much i just put the song on and i get it together so mm-hmm. um diva by beyonce is my rise and grind song so i like to know what your rise shine and grind song is hmm. uh i would have to say i'm gonna go with um like, there's a bunch of artists that i really like that i'm trying to think of their songs but one of the ones that comes to mind off the top of my head would be um a song by the group uh earth gang or really the duo Earth Gang. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called a uh, Bank, and it's like I guess kind of like the extent of the song is is kind of it's one of those things where it's like you know like I I've leveled up now, like kind of like basically basically it, it's a it's a very empowering song where it's just kind of like you know haters said I couldn't do this, but look at me now. Um, like I think the, the song starts off with like I think the first line is um, this chip on my shoulder I got a vendetta, which kind of just sets the tone for the whole song where it's like you know like I, you got this chip on your shoulder, you know you're grinding it out you're doing what you got to do, um, and you know it's all been worth it. And I think like the reason the song is called Bank because there's like a part in there where it's like you know they kind of talk about 
some of like the hate and you know issues and things that have been encountered um Mm -hmm. but like now like you know like my bank account is heavy now right because (laughs) despite y'all right despite y'all I still did what I had to do I had a vendetta and I came through Oh, I gotta listen to that. I'm gonna listen to that after this. Uh, it's cold yeah. because <laughs> yeah, that's I need to stay in that mode trying to make it through this week. This week, lots of yeah. things and so okay, Earth Gang Banks. I got that. Got yep. that. I'll have to check that out. Yep. But all right, awesome. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you, Carrie. This was like a, such a great interview. I learned so much, not only about Mac Sciences, but all that you're doing and how. You're doing it for the culture. You're taking your your trailblazer, and you're going after all that you love while giving back. So that is literally all that we're here for at Rare Maven. And so I just want you to let our listeners know how they can keep in contact with you, learn more about Mac Sciences, and how they can support and get these tools and resources that they definitely need if they're into STEM. And, yeah, just let us know also what you all are up to, um, if there's anything that we can support and promote, like, let us know it all. Uh, yeah, so on Instagram, um, it is at Mac Scientist. Uh, I think same thing on Facebook. And then our um, our website for our blog is Mac Scientist with an S on end, so plural, so MacScientist.com. And there you can go check out our blog and, um, you know, our different postings about us, you know, our lives, college, society, um, you know, contact us as well through that, through through any of those three, really. Um, yeah. So, yeah, Mac Scientist uh, with an, an additional S on the end, um, dot com for the blog and the website. And then on Instagram and Facebook um, is at Mac Scientist. So just a singular, no S on the end. All right. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you, Carrie. Thank you for uh, for having me, for sure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for checking out this episode of Rare Maven, the podcast. I hope you enjoyed Carrie and all the wealth of information that she has provided. If you like this episode, please be sure to subscribe, like, and share this episode. Also, please follow us at Rare Maven Media for updates. And for now, I want you to ask yourself, how will you leave a legacy for the culture?